You are now listening to the NYYST Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 214 of the NYYST Podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined with COVID boy. COVID boy, Chris, you got to say, dude. Uh, no, I think COVID boy just works. You. Are we are we over that now? Are we moving on to something else? No, I'm not like, uh, I'm still not 100%, man. I, I've been trying not to talk for the last like three hours because I go into coughing attacks. So uh, I've been trying to like lay low so that I wouldn't you, be coughing on podcasts. Did you get the COVID fog? I have the COVID fog, man. It's bad too. It's bad. It, it, I'm to a point now where like most of the morning I'm good. And then uh, once like two, three o'clock hits, man, I'm, I start getting dizzy. Can't really, I can't walk straight. Like I walk kind of, I crash into a couple walls. Not good. Not easy. And then I drive so, home. So this pod might not even see the light of day. Yeah, this could be uh, tough for me, but I'm dedicated. I thought you were going to say you were dead and dead, dead and dedicated. This is not a. This is not one of these uh, tricks that you guys pulled last week. We that guy no. is. Uh, no, he's really not here. I don't know he's where dealing, he is. He's dealing with some Tyler Wade type situations. No, but my son is. Oh yeah, my son truly Tyler waited before we came on air. Oh, that's no bueno. Yeah. It actually, this is really bad parenting, but I don't care because it's funny. But he farted pretty bad. And then he runs away and I go, go run downstairs and go to the bathroom. And he looks at me and he, and he looks back, stops talking, just stares at me. And he goes, I actually, I think I sharted. And he comes <laughs> back and he was right. He was yeah, because right. we were at your, uh, before you guys moved, we were at uh, your in-law's house. Was it last summer? Yeah. When, uh, when Jack, you know, basically cleared out the entire pool area. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. And the so, kid's yeah. what? How old is he now? Four? Yeah, I mean, it happens to the best of us. Happens, you can't I'm be ashamed saying, of it. He, no, I'm not saying he should be. No, he should be ashamed of it, so he stops doing it. But also now he's developed a reputation at four years old. Yeah, he has. Bad reputation. I agree. He's known as, as the shark kid now at this point. Well... You know, my kid's only nine months old, and she's got a problem when uh, you go to wipe her face. And mm-hmm. I said, Ava, you're not going to be that kid. Like, just get that out of your mind right now. You're not going to be the kid with shit all over her face. Oh, like so Jack just, was. So just, the dirt monger. The dirt monger. Jack. You have shit. Why? Her daddy has shit all over his face. Look at your fucking facial hair, man. Yeah, I'm reporting the camp this week. So He's shaving it off. Yeah. Yanks are reporting to camp on the 17th. Thank God. Uh, it's almost over this long winter. I, mean, I hope they have I'm a. Sure. I hope they have a five star flight down there. Yeah, so you can leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes, uh, or even on YouTube. Subscribe to the show there as well. So, yeah, we got a little pop pop on the YouTube after uh, SGR's, uh, you know, little skit he did last week. So yeah, I was hoping SGR was going to be here this week. Uh, unfortunately, he's uh, not. Maybe he'll join us a little bit later on. Uh, have you ever seen the show The Bronx is Burning? You remember that? Yeah, I watched every episode. Right, so I was going through some boxes the other day and actually stumbled across the DVD. Now, you can't stream it anywhere, mm. which is annoying. So 
<clears throat> been going old school watching DVDs. I've been watching it this past week. I've actually really, I don't remember, I didn't remember a lot about it. I was just looking for some Yankee content that I hadn't watched in a while. I mean, I could watch 61 for the 80th time, but I'll probably save that for the night before opening day. Got it. Uh, so I popped it in. I really enjoy it. It's a, it, they, it was very well done. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there watching Oliver Platt, who's doing a really good job. He did a really good job as George Steinbrunner. And if anybody hasn't seen it and you're a Yankee fan, it's about the 77 Yankees. It's called The Bronx is Burning, but it also has a lot to do with uh, stuff happening in and around New York City in 77, like the uh, mayoral race and uh, the son of Sam. Sam kill, the son of Sam killings. Wasn't it, isn't uh, it Summer of Sam? No, Son of Sam. It was in the summer, but it was the Son of Sam. Mm. And so anyway, I'm watching uh, Oliver Platt, who played George Steinbrenner, and he's doing a good... Sometimes it's hard to say if somebody's doing a good job acting or if they're doing a good job impersonating mm-hmm. the person they're supposed to be playing. Mm-hmm. But he's doing... Same he's thing. Doing, doing sometimes. A, some, sometimes, but not really. So he's, I'm saying he's doing a good George Steinbrenner impersonation. He's doing a solid job there. I'm enjoying the show. And I'm saying to myself, SGR's got to come up with a George. Yeah. Because... Could you imagine realistic we, George or Larry David George? No, realistic George. Okay. The Larry David George was not even a George. Yeah, it was hilarious though. No, it was funny, but I want a real. I want. I wouldn't. I would want a real George. This way, <clears throat> we can do. Uh, if George were alive, yeah, I like show. that's actually a great idea. That's, he's got to put that on his notepad. That's a great idea. So, uh, Bronx's burning was actually really well done. Um, I'm a huge John Turturro guy, but I absolutely hate his brother. I mean, Nick Turturro has become one of my most hated people in the entire world. I His whole like spe- spiel he does with the being a Yankee fan is such a ripoff. Wearing an Astros jersey, though. It's such a ripoff of, like, um, who's my boy that does it for the Mets? Uh, what's his face? The uh, guy from Half Baked. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him live. He's like Jim Brewer. He's one of my favorite comedians. It's such a ripoff, and it's so over exaggerated. Cannot stand his brother, but I love John Turturro. I thought he was great in that. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's a it's a good show. If anybody hasn't seen it, especially if uh, you're you were born after '77, like we were. Uh, so it's definitely if you can find it somewhere i don't even know if you can buy the dvd on amazon i had gotten it a while ago so if you can find it streaming somewhere legally illegally whatever it's eight episodes are all about 45 minutes each those teams were if george steinbrenner were a team those were those were george steinbrenner like it was just chaos it was just like and i'm watching all over the place and you're watching it right and and I'm saying to myself, like, I get it if George were alive, but like, do you really, as a Yankee fan, I, I understand, I understand, I know what people are going to say, but they won the World Series. Great. And that's the ultimate end goal. Yes. In 76, pennant, 77, 78 World Series, understand it completely. But as a Yankee fan, do you really want to go through everything that that team won? I guess you do in the end because they won, but. With George threatening to fire Billy every other week. Now, I think if I, I think if George Steinbrenner left one thing behind, which is why he's ultimately a successful owner, was the legacy of building the Yankee culture. I mean, George Steinbrenner made the Yankees 
what they are because of the culture he created within the organization. But his antics were, I mean, just not healthy. I mean, the guy was nuts. The guy was, the guy was impulsive. And nowadays he'd friggin' be wrecking the game the way right. the games. And, and he hired and fired Billy Martin until Billy Martin friggin' died until he died. Or he, or he still would, uh, he probably would have fired him. In another six it's times. unreal. I mean, any guy who could who, think how many people pissed off Yogi Berra in his, in his entire life. Probably. I mean, George Steinbrenner might be the only guy that truly pit could piss that guy off. You piss off, you piss off Yogi Berra. You're just, you're just an impulsive maniac. But again, the legacy of the culture, and that's the Yankees that we love. So the Yankees <clears throat> made a move today. We're recording. Uh, it's Saturday the thirteenth, day before Valentine's Day. Uh, about quarter to eight in the evening. Earlier this morning, we found out the Yankees signed Jay Bruce to a minor league deal. If Bruce makes a team out of spring training, he will get a million and a half dollars as a salary. Now, Ken Rosendahl then reported, because I think a lot of people, including us in our group chat, wanted to make the assumption that that meant that was the end of Brett Gardner's tenure as a Yankee. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Rosendahl reported that it doesn't mean that it's the end of Gardner's tenure as a Yankee. He said that this does not take the Yankees out of re-signing Gardner. Um, I guess we can start the show here. There's some other stuff we can get to uh, a little later on as uh, we'll talk about who, because we're pitchers and catchers reporting Wednesday. We'll dive into the rotation a little bit, and there's reports the Yankees are interested in re-signing Justin Wilson, who brought the immortal Louis Sessa to the Bronx, if mm. you remember that correctly. Oh, yeah. um, so we'll get into that a little bit later on. So we'll start the show here uh, with Jay Bruce signing. I like the signing. It's it's the classic low-risk, high-reward signing. I mean, if this guy's got anything left in a tank, he can – fart 20 home runs in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I mean, he's got that he's the left-handed guy that they could pull off the bench, which is nice and it gives him good depth. Right, but Rosenthal is saying it doesn't take the Yankees out of re-signing Gardner, and my whole thing is you're you signed Jay Bruce in the anticipation that he's going to make the team out of spring training. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. But the reason, the reason the Yankees do this is because they're tied up in the 40-man roster, right? They probably could have given Jay Bruce $2 million, a million and a half, whatever it is, signed them, stuck them on the bench, but they're tied up in the 40-man. So this gives them time to see how things shake out. You know, maybe a guy gets hurt, you know, blah, blah, blah. You trade somebody. So they sign them, non, uh, you know, minor league, spring training invite, all that good stuff. Now, you're signing Jay Bruce in anticipation that he's going to come in and be a contributor to your team. Now, you're looking at the bench. And I believe we're going to 26-man rosters again this year. I remember seeing that somewhere. Mm. So, you know the Yankees are carrying 13 pitchers. That's a given. They're carrying 13 pitchers. So, you take their nine starting position players, and you figure, what, they're going to carry four bench guys? Yeah, twenty six man. Yeah, we were right, saying so maybe five, but it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I I know Stack Guy Ride thought we were going to do the Yankees would do five. I don't see it happening. I know because the Yankees are going to want the extra pitcher, especially in the bullpen, right? So you're going to look at look at the givens out there. 
Hickey's your catcher, your backup catcher. He's there, right? Uh, you know, Tyler Wade's your backup infielder. He has to make the I mean, unless you're going to uh, bring somebody else up, maybe Estrada, you, you do some Wade, but you have to have a backup infielder. That's two. So you got two spots open. We know Mike Talkman's here, right? Talkman's here for now. So you're going to have Talkman and Bruce or Talkman and Gardy. You're not going to have all three of them because why do you have three left-handed outfielders on your bench? You wouldn't, at, especially at the expense of we're, we're going with the assumption that the Yankees are going to go with four bench players. So you obviously need a backup catcher. You need a backup infielder. So Gar- is Guardy the odd man out? Or are we looking at a scenario where Mike Tockman in another week gets traded somewhere? It's I think everything that you're explaining right now is the is the exact reason why uh Guardy hasn't been signed yet. When you said when you first talked about Jay Bruce when you texted it to us. My immediate reaction was bye-bye Guardy. That was what I texted back. But then you said it was a minor league contract. And to me, that that absolutely, this is before I knew Rosenthal said this, you know, followed up with the tweet saying it doesn't take Gardner out of the picture. I agree with that. But my biggest thing now is what you're what you're describing because you'd have to you'd have to assume, like you said, Jay Bruce is on this is making this team because who's better? I mean, who's better to be at the bench? And and we know, unfortunately, we know better than any any fan base, you can never have too much outfield depth. It was two years ago or two, three years ago where we were like, what the hell are the Yankees going to do with all these outfielders? And now it's like the Yankees need more outfielders because none of these guys can stay healthy. So not only is Jay Bruce a guy who you'd love to uh, put in your in your lineup if a guy goes down, but He's a great player to have off the bench, especially at Yankee Stadium. So there's there's just no reason why this, unless this guy shows up half dead to spring training, there's just no reason why this guy wouldn't make the major league roster. Right. His last full year was in 2019. That was everybody's last full year, and he still hit 26 home runs and driven, drove in 59 runs. Yeah, so what is that at Yankee Which, Stadium? I mean, that's in the 30s. You you tack that into into the low to mid-30s. Chris, that was in 98 games he did that. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. He still got it. He, he, dude, I didn't know this. I, I only found this out by when I looked it up after you texted me. Jay Bruce only 33. It's not like he's it's not like he's pushing 40 here. The dude's only 33. He could still perform. Right, he's never he's not going to be known as a high average guy. I mean, he batted what? 198 last year in 32 games. I'm shocked in this market that this guy couldn't get a a major league contract. I mean, it's kind of shocking to me to be honest. In 32 games last year, uh 6 and 14, 6 home runs, 14 RBIs. I mean, it's not you're going to write home about, but again, he he did that in 30 games. I mean, you're figuring if Jay Bruce is going to be a bench guy, you know, he was going to provide you that type of pop, especially at Yankee Stadium because he was playing in Philly the last two years. That place is a bandbox. So it's not going to take, I mean, and he's a left-handed hitter. It's not going to take much for him to get one out in Yankee Stadium. No, no. It's just a great move all around. And that's what I don't understand. Like I, I don't, I don't get what there is to be negative about this. And unless you're that much of a Brett Gardner fan, 
I don't understand what there is to be negative about this. Teams do that. We're a week. I mean, we're a few days away from spring training. There's a lot of vets sitting out there. Teams will take flyers on guys, give them minor league deals with spring training invites. This is a good move for the Yankees. This is this is this is not like giving Corey Kluber $11 million and expecting him to be a, your number two. This is a guy that you're giving a million and a half bucks to to sit on the bench yeah. and maybe run into 10 or 15 home runs during the course of the year. Yeah, and we talked about this too uh, before we came on air in our in our group text, but I said that I never felt that Guardy being re-signed would ever be because they technically need him. I think he'd be signed on principle of the fact that like he's a Yankee, he's a lifelong Yankee, he still wants to play. The Yankees want him here for his veteran presence, his leadership in the clubhouse, and in my opinion, I think it, it people say this is stupid, and that's fine because the, obviously the only goal is to win a World Series, but I think the guy deserves a proper goodbye, and I think the Yankees feel that too. So I still see the Yankees signing Brett Gardner. I, I just don't see that not happening. I really don't. So So in my mind... Them picking up Jay Bruce at this point is is them getting more confident that they're gonna have a deal for that will include Mike Talkman. Right, that's the only way that Guardy comes back, in my opinion. Right and, now. and what kind of a deal are you making? As I mean, maybe like a mid mid like average reliever. I mean, the Yankees are in the trade. They are in the trade market for a a reliever. You know, so what could that, what could Mike Talkman net you? We don't, you know, you don't know. Yeah, look, there's teams out there that that are going to value him probably higher than we do right now because he did show he's a, he's a decent baseball player. But, um, I mean, you're starting to look at, at this team and say, okay, even if you trade him, you're running out of roster spots kind of because they're, you know, I don't know if we're going to get to this. You didn't give me a rundown today. Um, but so you know, sorry, so sorry. They're sorry, they're lo- we all know we're, they're looking at Robertson right now, and if that happens, you know, now you have to create more room. So it's just kind of like you don't know what's happening. You gotta be, you gotta, you gotta think that Cashman has a, a an inkling that he's gonna have a deal that involves Talkman at this point. Right. I I guess. I mean. You know, I don't see unless unless Jay Bruce is completely washed, which I don't think he is. It doesn't seem like he would be. Then I don't know. I don't see where do you fit these three guys here right now. I don't think that they took this deal thinking Jay Bruce that there's a chance he's washed up. I think they jumped on the opportunity to sign a guy who could still have a decent amount left in the tank, but there was no market for him. And and he plays... I mean, out of all the teams Jay Bruce could have went to, you, you can argue that his perfect fit was in New York. Just, just to cover all the things that the Yankees really need as far as depth, guy off the bench, lefty, Guy has pop, like you said, in 90, what, what was it, 98 games? The guy hit 26 home runs? This guy's still got something left there, and and right. he can and he can find it big time at Yankee Stadium. You can't really take, again, like we're not going to take too much stock into last year. No. It's hard to read what some of these guys were No, you through. can't, especially a guy like Jay Bruce. 
You can't. See, even if he plays uh, a full season, which is, you know, you want to say he plays 150 games, he's on pace for 30 home runs. <laughs> so <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, and and like I said, you, you, you prorate that as if he were Yankee at Yankee Stadium. You're talking mid-30s. Yeah, well, you're also talking probably by uh, Memorial Day. He's the starting DH on this team because John Carlos Stanton shattered a, a a fucking toenail or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and Judge, who hasn't been able to stay healthy in two years. Yeah, this is why again it's a, it's another it's another good deal because you gotta under you gotta figure. I, I again I I don't want to go into the season negative. Like I want to have good thoughts this year. I want to have good positive thoughts this year. I want to win. I want to win more than anything right now. I'm just tired of it all. I think we're all tired of it all. That we just want to win. And I don't and I don't need this is a call now to Yankees to the Yankee universe, Yankee Twitter, whoever he can hear my voice. This is now a call to all of you because the next time you hear us, the season will have begun. Not games, but once they report to camp, we are now in it the 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 official chase for 28 has begun once the pitchers and catchers hit tampa and some guys have already been down there hitting which is great and i you always love to see guys going down mm-hmm. there early and one of those guys is the birthday boy luke voice so shout out to to luke uh, it's his birthday today luke. As, as we record um no i don't i want to give i just want to say this to everybody let's leave the negativity over here yeah. Let's think positive this year. It's because the the way since we've been in this it hasn't worked being negative about everything. So let's try something different this year. Let's just say and it could be it could just be completely stupid that Aaron Judge is playing 140 games this year. He's doing it. Corey Kluber making 27 starts. Dominant number 2. Jamison Tyon making twenty seven making twenty seven starts this year. That's saying you know you uh, you want to make thirty, but you know we're not gonna we're not gonna you know go to fantasy land now. We're gonna think real positive positively realistically here. Po- positively <laughs> realistic. Okay, you got to put it John out Carl- there. You got to put the positivity out there. You know the Super Bowl was last weekend. Tom Brady's got seven rings now, right? Unreal. One of the rings he doesn't have was back in Super Bowl Forty Two when they lost uh, to the Giants. You and, look, I meant to. Well, I'm glad you brought this up. Okay, no, no, go. No, let me go. I I always think of this. Michael Strahan said seventeen fourteen. Believe it, and it will happen. And that was the final score of the game. So, Aaron Judge, he's playing 140 games this year. He's going to be an MVP candidate. Believe it, and it will happen. Yeah. Jamison Tyon and Corey Kluber are going to be the number two and number three starters on this team and make 50 to 60 starts and be the guys that we need to be behind Garrett Cole in the postseason. Believe it, and it will happen. In November, we'll be watching a Zoom parade for the New York Yankees (laughs) for their 28th World Championship. Believe it, and it will happen. So let's be positive going into this season this year. I know there's still a lot of question marks. I bring them up a lot. I still think there's a lot of question marks on this team. But let's just have some positivity going into this team this year. We all want to win. Negativity doesn't help 
anything right now. It doesn't. Look, here's the here's the good thing about the question marks, and this is very rare to have to have so many question marks where you can honestly say they actually have answers that could could re- result in a World Series win. I mean, if all these question marks pan out, even if half of them pan out, this team is friggin' dominant. You just can't have them all fail. You can't have Corey Kluber come in and not be effective or get hurt. You can't have Jameson Tyon come in and be another Sonny Gray. You can't have Sevy come back or have any setbacks or come back and not be effective or get hurt again. You can't have all those things. You can't have Judge, you know, getting hurt again and missing games. If half of those things pan out, man, this team is still dominant. And it, and it starts between, look, it's a 50-50 chance here with between Kluber and Tyon. One of them needs to step up. You can't have both of those guys fail, and that's where it starts. If both of those guys fail, the Yankees probably aren't the team that you're expecting. But if one of them steps up, it makes a world of difference. And I have, I have a lot of faith that both of them will, if not just one. You know, we were just talking about the bench, right? And I was fixing some over here because I knocked uh, I knocked uh, something off the desk over here, and I was looking at my uh, Homer Simpson softball figure. Mike Ford is apparently still on his team. Really? He's still he's still a major league baseball player. So, I maybe the Yankees will carry five. I don't know, but or maybe not. If the Yankees don't pick up another reliever, I can see it happening. I can. I, yeah, but I still think they're going to carry 13 pitchers. You don't think they're going to have eight guys in the bullpen? They're going to need eight guys in the bullpen. Well, remember, you have a lot of starters who can who can come out of the bullpen at this point. You know, the Yankees get creative in the first couple months of the season. All right, so we know who the five starters are, right? Cole, uh, what's it, uh, Kluber, Tyon, Montgomery, Garcia. We'll say those are the five starters, right? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So then you got Britton, Chapman, Green. Is Herman back right away? Yeah, he's going to... So you got Britton, Chapman, Green, O'Day. Those are probably your top four. Sessa is five. Um, J-Lo. Luizica is six. Nick Nelson, seven. Right? Because they like Nick Nelson. And they're in the market for another reliever. Which, if they don't, then you can take your pick from Michael King or anybody else that they got. That's eight. That's eight relievers right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot to you got a lot to choose from. So where where are these guys on the bench coming from? The Yankee bullpen scares me. I gotta say, scared bad. Yeah, because Aaron Boone, I think his biggest downfall has been that he's an Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah, well, he relies on too many of the guys who are there to just waste space, like, and like AJ Cole, right. <laughs> and I feel like the Yankees for the last couple of years didn't have many of those guys. So Boone really had to go out of his way to like continue to go to these fucking guys that you just shouldn't have been in the game. But now getting rid of Adovino, or you could even just say Adovino being a, a waste himself, even if he was still here and not having Tommy Canely, you just got a lot of guys who are toss up guys who you know Boone, he doesn't lose faith in his players. So he'll just, like, if O'Day Unless comes out. Adam Adovino. Yeah, if it, well, 
If if O'Day comes out and he shits the bed for ten games in a row, you're gonna have Aaron Boone sitting at a press conference and telling you that in, on the eleventh game he's gonna he's he's right there. And I and I like that about Boone. I, I'm not saying that that's a negative thing, but when you don't have enough of enough like hardcore ammo, you, you're let you're leaving it up to to Boone to to go to these guys too much. I think. Right, which is also, again, why they're in the market for another reliever. So this, again, we talked, you know, they're not going to carry five bench players. If the rosters are 26, we just named 13 guys that are going to be on the pitching staff. Yeah. So you got nine starters that play every day that leaves four spots. Yeah. And one of them is your backup catcher. One of them is a backup infielder. And then you got to figure Ford. And then an outfielder or two outfielders, depending on how you want to do things. So you think you think Ford will honestly be on the major league active oh, roster? No way. I, I I hope to Christ that he's not. No way, he, dude. They don't need him. If anything, they throw DJ there. Right, Lemay. I guess Lemay, you can be your backup first baseman. But again, you know, you know, guys don't play one sixty two. Lemay is going to need a day here and there. Oh, uh, so, you you know. You fucking know that the Yankee organization is going to be taking its law on everyone because these guys haven't played a full season in, in two years now. Okay, so, you know, you want to give, you know, Voight with his foot stuff. I mean, uh, even though it's, he had surgery or whatever, he should be okay. He's a foot fetish? Right. Anyway, um, you want to say LeMayu is going to be the back, the quote, backup first baseman. Well, in those games, who's going to play second base then? Tyler Wade? T. Wade. Then, then you leave yourself without it. Then we say there's an injury. You know, let's say somebody or, or you, you pinch hit, whatever. Somebody gets ejected. Who's coming? Who's your backup infielder then? Then Luke Voigt comes in. Yeah. He's, then he gets his. I mean, so. Hey, uh, there's this one guy, too. Um, I think he was pretty good at one point or another. It seems like Miguel something. Right. We forget. He was like, anymore. is he still here? Like you're talking about, you're talking about Mike Ford, but don't we have this Miguel guy somewhere who was like, okay, so then you keep bringing up more and more names. Right. How are the Yankees carrying two? I don't know, man. Left-handed hitting outfielders. How are you just gonna have Andujar right away? I mean, it's such a guys, such honestly, an unfortunate thing. This guy had such a good year a couple seasons ago. Right, but he got hurt. So I mean, uh, you know, I'm not. It's unfortunate, but. That's the that's the nature. Of it's not just that he got hurt. It's that the guy was a fucking liability at third base. I mean, beyond a liability. Yeah, but in all honesty, and I think we might have touched on this before. If he doesn't get hurt, we don't know who Gio Urshela is. I mean, I know who Gio Urshela is because I pay attention to things, but you don't know who Gio yes, Urshela is. Yes, that's actually not true. I was a huge Gio Urshela fan before he came here. But for his defense, for, not for what the fuck he's doing offensively. Right. He, right. Gio Rochella, I believe, is, uh, if I saw this correctly, is a 78th ranked player in Major League Baseball right now. That's insane. He was top 10. He, they ranked him top 10 uh, third baseman. Right. They definitely did that. Um, MLB Network was ranking their top 100 players in Major League Baseball. And I want to say Urshela, I didn't see past 60. And Urshela was on the list somewhere in between 80 and 60. You know, I want to say it was 78. We shit on the Yankees a lot when it comes to bad moves. You know, we'll call, we'll call it like it is when it comes to the Jacoby Ellsbury deals and the Sonny Grays. 
but man, they don't get enough credit for some of the guys that they bring here. The, 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 you know, the diamonds in the rough, I guess you, you would call it of like guys who like Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela, who just come over here and they, they've become superstars. I mean, you could even argue DJ LeMayu because DJ LeMayu was, was always a good hitter. I know he's, he won a, a batting title before he came here or silver slugger. Sorry. Um, I was right. I just I just looked it up. Gio Rochelle is the seventy eighth ranked player in Major League Baseball. But right you now. could even throw DJ LeMayu in that argument in the fact that he went from being like a good player to a superstar. Where the guy is in this ranking system we're talking about, they ranked him the top second baseman in all of baseball. Before he came here, you're not ranking DJ the top second baseman in all of baseball. No. But now you are. I mean, that's three guys right there. Gio Rochella, DJ LeMayu, and Luke Voigt who are all being ranked in the top 10 right now in their positions. And they were not any, they really were nobodies before they came here. Not DJ. DJ is an exception, but he just took it to the next level. So you got to give the Yankees credit there. I mean, I think it's pretty amazing that uh, Gio Rochella right now is, if you want to take this as, as the gospel, that he's the 78th ranked player in baseball. That's That's wild. That's insane to me. That's good for him, man. That's great. So, if he if Miguel Andujar doesn't get hurt, Gio Urshela is is a guy the Yankees paid the equivalent of what you paid for you Saturn earlier today, right? To true is what they paid the Toronto Blue Jays for him. True. Okay, we don't. He's not a guy that's hitting any top one hundred rankings. Never. Like, you couldn't even. If, Giro, if Miguel Andujar doesn't get hurt, Gio Urshela is not even ranked in the top one hundred third baseman in beer league softball yeah. uh, leagues. Mike you know? Ford's number I mean, one first baseman in beer league, though. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I heard they're going to remake uh, Artie Lang's beer league. Yeah. And he's going to play Artie Lang's Wow. Character. Artie Lang can't do it because of the nose. Because right. of his nose. They were going to, yeah, uh, they were going to remake. Just, the, let me get this point out real quick because I, I don't want to skip over it. When you brought up uh, the Giants beating the Patriots, being like the, one of the only teams to be able to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I just, I came up with a comparison this week. I hate that just as much as I hate when Yankee fans, when it, when a team will win the World Series and someone's like, fuck, fuck you, Yankee fans, Yankees suck. And then Yankee fans come back with like, we got 27 rings. That's the equivalent of you giant fans constantly bringing up the two Super Bowls. Who cares? Eli Manning, don't get me wrong. I give him all the respect in the world. I know I fuck with you all the time, but I love Eli Manning, and I respect him, and I, those Super Bowls were incredible, but who cares? Tom Brady's way better than than the Giants. He's way better. Okay. So get over it is what I'm trying to say. Okay, but who I tweet has- out, I tweet out, never bet against Tom Brady. I have a million Giants fans, like, unless they're playing the Giants. No, right, because he couldn't beat the Giants. Okay, great. I don't okay. care. He he's seven and three in the Super Bowl. Great, and he's zero two against the Giants. Oh so. my god! There you go. Okay. You wanted to bring it up. I'm just I'm just giving you numbers to back up my side of the argument. Yeah. Yeah, and the Yankees Tom have tw- Yankee, Yankees have twenty seven rings, but we haven't won one in in seventy years. Okay, great. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Did I not dispute by that? by far? But he is Tom been, Brady in in if you. Ranked guys in all the respective positions. Is Tom Brady the greatest athlete at his respective position across all sports? 
there's only one argument you can make against that, and that would be Mariano Rivera, but the closing role hasn't been around long enough. What about Michael Jordan? I think there. what was he, a forward? He was a shooting guard. Shooting guard? I don't know basketball, sorry. There's there's other shooting guards that are, I'm not saying anywhere near him, but the gap between Michael Jordan and the next best shooting guard ever in basketball is closer than the gap between Tom Brady and the That's next best quarterback. Because you, you're just using oh, come that based on, on the dude's almost title. fucking fifty. What is he? Right. Forty-five. You're also, you, you're also using the amount of titles that he's won as your part of your argument for who? Tom Brady. Right. I'm really that, uh, not even just that. I'm just using the fact that he's just he just hasn't changed. It's like you're watching Tom Brady from ten years ago. It's like Benjamin. Button. It's unreal. It's unreal. All right, so back to what we were talking about here. Uh, Miguel Andujar, Mike Ford. I mean, think these are guys that are on the 40-man. You're presumably going to have uh, maybe a roster spot. You know, so again, you're, if you are looking at it, even, even if you think that Jay Bruce is just here to collect, uh, to sit in, Sitting glass, breaking case of emergency down Scranton. Mike Talkman's still on this team, so you got you got these other guys. You're only carrying four bench players. You need a backup middle infielder. You need a backup catcher. You need a backup outfielder. So who is the other guy? Who's the fourth guy? Do you do you value having the backup first baseman? Do you value having the backup catcher? I mean. Um, the other backup outfielder, you want to carry five. You're going to carry um, when your DH is an outfielder who, God willing, won't shatter like glass if he goes out there and plays seven mm. innings in left field. Mm. Uh, or is it Miguel Andujar? All right. Like, here's where it starts for me. Okay. For me, you have to ask yourself a couple questions. And the first one is because of the fact that you don't care, the Yankees can't care about Miguel Andujar anymore just rotting away in on the bench or something because he's not doing them any good in the minor leagues. He doesn't have a path up here at this point as far as taking back third base unless Gio, you know, Knockwood gets hurt. But for me, the so then the question becomes, okay, I should have him on my bench. He's, he could be a weapon off the, off the bench for me. Guy's a great hitter. But does Miguel Andujar have it in him to work hard enough to be that level of hitter only playing once every three, four days. And that's where the question comes in. Like you, everyone would think, yeah, I want to have a better bench, you know, guys off the bench to come in in big spots. But is Miguel Andujar that guy who, if he's not playing every day and seeing pitches every single day, can he be that hitter anyway? Or is he just a waste regardless? Because no, we I saw him come back in last year and he looked completely lost. No, I think a guy like Andujar, he would need to see regular pitching. Like, Bruce is a veteran. Like, Bruce is a guy, right. if you want to dust him off once a week and have him, you would feel a lot more comfortable with him in that role than, say, Miguel Andujar. But, again, you're looking at this bench here, and I know it's not the sexiest part of conversation, but, you know, we're about to hit camp. You know, we're going to break down things that are important to – to camp right now because you know who the starting guys are on this team. Gary Sanchez is your catcher. Luke Voigt is your first baseman. DJ LeMay is at second. Glaber's at short. 
uh, Gio is at third. You're gonna figure you're going left to you're going left to right is gonna be Frazier, Hicks, and and Judge and Stanger DH. I think. Are would you say as close to being set in stone that those are set in stone? Yeah. Uh, look, so, out of all so the, out no. of all those guys, barring any injury, there's only one guy that I think is going to have an extremely short leash where that could change within a couple months of the season. And that's Gary Sanchez. Other than him, that's your those are your guys you're running out there every game that you can, every game possible. Right. So there's pretty much there's, there's not going to be any real position battles for the starting nine, right? I and you want to say you want to say you want to say everybody's healthy going into the season, so you really know who your top three starters are. You know it's Cole, you know it's Tyon, and you know it's Kluber. So who's going to fill out the back end? To me, it's Monty and Garcia. Uh, are you in disagreement with that? No, I think Monty has absolutely earned his place um, with that last playoff start. And I think he's a guy that, even if he doesn't have the most dominant stuff, the Yankees, the Yankees can rely on him. To take the ball and go out there, and if he's having a decent day, to give you five, six innings and, and hand it over and still give you a chance to win. I think they like that about him. And Garcia has absolutely earned it. I think the guy has shown that he has the stuff to, once he puts it all together, to be pretty friggin' lethal. So, you know, you talk about the bench not being the sexiest thing to talk about. If you really want to break down the Yankees, I've said this the last two years, and I really noticed it last year. The, Yan- the one thing the Yankees lacked was having any guys off the bench that you were like truly confident in offensively. They had all these defensive guys, right? Tyler Wade is a great defensive player, but we had too many Tyler Wades coming off the, coming off the bench. We needed some guys. When you have Mike Ford coming in with your season on the line in the postseason off the bench, that's a problem. That's a big problem. So I think this is a this is a good problem for the Yankees to have right now. I think they did need to have a more a more deadly bench, as stupid as that kind of sounds. But going back to Miguel Andujar, you know, we think we keep thinking back to the year he should have won uh, Rookie of the Year. Of the year. Um, he's not going to. I just don't think he's going to be that guy that we're thinking of coming off the bench. So to me, if the Yankees agree with that. He's probably going to rot away in the minor leagues again this year. I would just honestly, even if it nets you like a fucking middle reliever with a five year rating that would come in and mop up some games, I would just trade him at this point. Yeah. What is his value? How much is his value going to increase down screen? Zero. What if the guy, if he hits 750 and it hits a home run every three at bats? Zero. What is that going to do for him? Zero. I don't Nothing. think it's going to it's not going to build it to me it's not going to build his value that much more than than what it is right now. Cuz the two questions that you ask about Miguel Andujar are still always going to be there when he's in the minor leagues and that's going to be can the dude play defense at a major league level? No. We don't know. I don't think he can. And can he hit consistent consistently in major league pitching he hasn't done it in 3 years, 2 years. And you know, a guy like Miguel Andujar gets hurt because, uh, as of right now, they have not agreed to a universal DH. So that takes out half the league of where the Yankees might want it. They could possibly trade him to. And Nelson Cruz still hasn't signed? I have not seen. Yeah, he said he's waiting, which is smart. Uh, 
Honestly, dude, I don't really like we outside of Miguel Yajure. I don't really like when we had Dan on a couple weeks ago. I really don't know much about any of these guys that were sent to Pittsburgh. But honestly, if it would have saved me a prospect and sent three guys over there instead of four, I would have sent Andujar over there. What is he doing right now? Well, I think the biggest reason why he might not have been included in something like that is because the Gio Rochelle is not. He's not on schedule to start the season, correct? He, as far as I know, that he sh- he might not be ready to start spring training, but they think he'll be ready for opening day. Okay, so that's optimistic. But again, we're going to think positively this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, we would have said in Yankee Land that means he will be he'll be there the after All-Star the All Star yeah. break. Uh, but this year, that means he will be ready for opening day on April first, which will be a day game. Uh, I don't know the exact time. One o five. One o'clock. It is one o five. And so the Yankees are going to open up against the Jays at 105 at Yankee Stadium, where uh, approximately 5,000 fans will be there. Which Governor Cuomo said that starting on the 23rd, that uh, they will open up large arenas and stadiums. So that that's something there. Uh, yeah, I I kind of I kind of like hate Major League Baseball. I know they I know they have to do it and they do it every year, but. I hate that the Yankees are starting against the division team. I'm so sick of watching the Yankees play the fucking Jays, the Orioles. We did it all season last year. Give me another team. I'm so excited to get a full season back. Really, if you really break down the season last year, I'm not taking anything away from the Dodgers. But that season sucked. It sucked all around. Right, but it was what we were given because of the situation, and I would have rather had that than nothing. Yeah, than nothing. I agree. So, before we move on to other things, so you're looking at there, and we already, I already named, I named you seven of the eight bullpen spots, mm-hmm. which, if they don't make a trade, can easily be filled by somebody they have on the in the forty man already by like like a Mike King or something. Did you like even that. name Herman? Yeah, we talked about. Okay, I didn't know if you named him in your list. So where? So the real battles on this team in spring training, if they make a trade for a middle reliever for a reliever, or they go out and sign a Justin Wilson, then there's really no uh, battles in the bullpen. The bullpen is pretty much set. So now you're looking at it where, if you're looking at it realistically, where is there going to be competition on this team? It's going to be who fills out that fourth bench spot. Because you, like we said, Tyler Wade's pretty much a given unless they really want to give it to Tyro Estrada, which I don't have a problem with. So that's your middle infielder. Higgy's your catcher. You know you're gonna have you're gonna have a guy be there to be your backup outfielder, which right is either Mike Tockman or Jay Bruce. Who's the fourth guy? That's the real big position battle on this team right now. And if you really think about it, is that a bad is that a problem to have? That your real position battle is who the last man on your bench is? That yeah. means this team is pretty friggin' stacked. Yeah. And you know what they need to be, unfortunately. They need to be because we've seen how quickly guys can go down. So it's a good thing. It's reassuring that, the you know, this is a good problem to have. So, uh, again, we, we don't want to belabor this too much because, again, it's a 26-man in the roster, right? 
is, you know, to me, I don't want to see Mike Ford ever wear a Yankee jersey unless he buys one at Models. And then ever. even then, I I would hope that the clerk doesn't sell it to him. Like, no, you're good, bro. There's a Met jersey <laughs> over there in the corner. Please wear that instead. Uh, yeah, again, I don't a redundancy of outfielders. How many left-handed hitting outfielders are you going to carry as as a backup? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, man. I just don't know where Brett Gardner, and this is how it all started. I just don't know where Brett Gardner fits right now. Again, it's always been on, on you know, principle-based and not a, a necessity or need to to fill spots. And again, the only way I see him coming back is if, uh, is if Cashman has a place for Mike Talkman to get, to get shipped to. Right, and I think he traded for Mike Talkman once spring training started, so he can trade he can trade him back somewhere after spring training started. But it, at that point, then yeah, then you have a need because he. I don't want Jay Bruce to be my sole backup outfielder. I want a guy in there. For, I want a guy that can play some defense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's important because as much as Clint Frazier improved last year and was a uh, gold glove finalist, I think we still need to kind of watch him a little bit and make sure that he doesn't regress in any way or, um, you know, because I think you're pretty much set in center and right. I think, you know, Hicks is Hicks, but he's good enough defensively. And, uh, you know, judges, I always say, is, is criminally underrated. Yes. In right field. Oh, big time. And I think, I think you'll see that change a little bit after last year. I mean, the the some of his plays he made last year, um, with the spotlight on him, I think people really started opening their eyes to how good this guy is defensively. All right, so let's move on here. Let's touch on this real quick. Uh, we mentioned it in passing. Uh, big, if you're a New York sports fan, it is a kind of big news that they're going to allow 10% of fans into stadiums and arenas starting on the 23rd. I did read, though, however, that you will need to present a negative COVID test 72 hours previous. You will have to test negative 72 hours previous to the event. Awful. Which, look, man, I don't... I don't want to get into a whole big thing over this, but I don't want to have to go take a fucking COVID test to go to a fucking baseball game. I don't want to have to go and get vaccinated to go to a baseball game. You want me to wear a mask the entire time? You want me to 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 get screened before I go in? Fine. That's I'm I'm okay. I'm gonna with stay all of that. six feet away from people. Fine. You shouldn't have to require people, especially outdoors, to test negative or to be vaccinated to go to a baseball game. That's just my opinion. I agree. I, I agree 100%. I, you know, I got so excited when I heard that. And then I read, I read up on it. And I was just like, you just sucked all the fun out of it. And I got to go to the doctor. If I want to go to a game on Saturday, go to go to the doctor on fucking Thursday and stop, you know, change my whole life around because I want to go to a baseball game. Yeah. I, I, what if you were someone who was feeling s- symptoms and you wanted to get, let's just say, Let's say you got tickets for the Yankee game, right? And you had you had everything all set. You're you're gonna get tested three days before the game, and you come up with symptoms a week or two before. Now you're encouraging people to to hold off. 
and not get tested, or let's just say a few days before you would be scheduled to. Let's say you're six days out from the game and you're starting to feel sick. Most people want to go and get tested right away. Now you're going to have people, you think you think people are going to get tested twice? Once three days before they're supposed to, and then again three days after, assuming they're negative? I mean, it's just, it's foolish to me. I think that if if you had a test within the month and you can show that you're negative, that should be good enough if that's what they want to do. But like, look at me. I mean, I had it and I'm over it now and they told me I'm not contagious anymore and I don't have to worry about it. My in-laws had it 10 months ago. They just got tested. They still have the antibodies. They are not at risk anymore, at least as of right now. So I just, I think it's too... I think it's too up in the air to also demand people to get tested three days before they show up. I think if you have all these policies in place that you're confident in enough to open up the arena and everyone's getting vaccinated. I think the last thing I read was that more people in the state of New Jersey have gotten vaccinated than actually got COVID. And a lot of fucking people got COVID in New Jersey. So I just feel like when we make decisions like this, we got to look at what what the numbers are in every aspect. People got to people got to wear the mask. They got to stay six feet apart. Fine, but people are getting vaccinated. Things are getting safer out there. Why are we now making people get tested three days before? Yeah, you should wear your mask while we zoom. You never know. I'm ready to go. You right don't now. know. I got my forty five mask on. Let's go. You never know. No, but. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just, I was so excited. And then I saw that I'm just like, I'm not going to go to a doctor and get a fucking COVID test. If I feel good, if I don't think I have COVID, I'm not going to get a COVID test. I'm just not going to do it. Like, just let me in. Trust me. (laughs) Sucks. Maybe by then that'll change. But, uh, it will be nice that fans will be allowed in. Uh, I know Joe, uh, Joe and uh, Evan and, uh, Craig, we were talking about this on the fan the other day that they felt that the Nets were price gouging the fans because apparently um, you have to commit to all 20 remaining regular season games for the Nets. They will not sell you uh, individual tickets. And the cheapest That's wild. Seat, and the cheapest seat that they're selling is $600. So you need to commit $24,000 to the new to the Brooklyn Nets for the <laughs> remainder of the season. Um, that's crazy, but it's not exactly price gouging because they're only making available certain seats and the seats cost $600, which again, you bring it back to the Yankees. Some guy called up the fan, uh, yesterday and said that he had, he's a season ticket holder and he had talked to a ticket broke, uh, ticket rep at the stadium. And they said that they're not raising prices based off of the 2020 price structure, which is great. But you don't know there's only if there's only gonna be five thousand people allowed in the ballpark, are they they're not gonna open up the upper deck. Here's where I'd be okay with the with the Yankees three day policy. Here's where I would go and get tested willingly for them. If I got a bobblehead. No, I think it's gotta be because we know it's supply and demand, right? If and, you and can only have bucket. if you give you, me a bobblehead and chicken bucket, I'll get a test. Yeah. Do you have to wait online? Or is no, it waiting for you as you walk through? No, you give me, you deliver it to my, it's waiting in my seat. Because the lines at Yankee Stadium are probably the, 
highest risk of getting the virus because you're standing there for three hours next mm-hmm. to people. Um, but if the Yankees, so like my biggest thing is what's it going to take to get to a Yankee game if only 10% of the stadium is going to be there, right? Let's put aside what they want you to do, wear a mask, stay six feet apart, get tested three days before and prove you're negative. Let's think about it financially. If only 10% of the stadium is going to be open, those tickets are going to be fucking, first of all, flying off the shelves at, at, at the Yankee website. So, you know, people are going to be reselling them and they're going to be through the roof. Here's what I think the Yankees should do. You really want to care about the fans. You cut off all third party selling on the tickets. You charge a hundred dollar flat rate per ticket. And the available seats obviously got to block some off in each section so that people stay six feet apart. It's first come first serve. You show up early enough and a seats open in the section behind home plate. You could sit there or charge $200 a ticket. Would you not pay $200 and get a te- COVID test? If you knew if you got there you early want, enough, they don't want people showing up to the stadium and creating a madness like that. It's going to happen anyway. No, it's not. Why? They're going to be walk up ticket sales. If you have competent workers waiting there just to uh, just What's to admit 10,000 people. What, what did you say? Competent workers. Right. I know where, they, what are we talking about? Yeah, I know. I know. There's, okay. there's incompetence universe over there. To let people in, I mean, when you show up to batting practice, there's 10,000 people there. There's 10,000 people in, in the stands, and you breeze right through. Right, but there's also, you, are you talking about, you, but you were talking about walk-up ticket sales first. No, 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 no. I'm talking seats first come first serve. So you want to go into the stadium. So you're, you're one of the first people there. Paying, you're just paying to enter the building. Correct. Like a $200 entrance fee. I'll do whatever you want. As long as I know if I get there early enough, I could have a seat that I wouldn't normally be able to afford. And, yeah, and people are like, oh, you know, you're not going to be able to get a ticket for 20 bucks. Fine. So I won't go to 10 games this year. I'll go to one and I'll sink a ton of money whatever I would budget for a season into one game. I just want to go, man. I didn't go to Yankee Stadium last year. I think that was the first time, and I couldn't even tell you the last time I didn't go to Yankee Stadium in a season. Like, didn't go to Yankee Stadium like five or six times in a season, let alone once. I just want to go, man. I I want to see the fucking grass. I want to smell the smells of Yankee Stadium. Like, like Evan Roberts was talking about it. You like the hot dog and pea smell. Like, yeah, I'm dude. What do we always talk about? The old the rock Yankee solid stadium. pretzels that are just for whatever what do we reason. We always talk about Yankee stadium, so the good. old Yankee stadium. It smelled like piss and hot dog water. Yeah. I miss that smell, bro. I yeah. miss it. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's kind of the shitty part. Cause like I used to go to 20 games a year minimum. I mean, I, I was there every week I was at multiple games. And the reason why I stopped going was because shit got so expensive. The parking went through the roof once they went private with like all these private companies. Getting over the bridge, gas. By the time you sit in your seat, you pay for food and, and right. a beer or whatever. In, it's a hundred dollars. So coming to Yankee Stadium from Jersey, you're out fifty bucks before you even put your ass in a seat. Uh, minimum. That's that, that's playing. That's not like, even counting. No, no, no. That that's true. With gas, I mean, that's not even including gas. That's your parking. What if you get and there and you're hungry the right away? You don't even sit in your seat first. You get you get online. 
The right. line's before not that even, long. Before and, you even enter Yankee Stadium, you go with your wife. How much you how much you paying for just an average meal with a you don't really drink beer when you go there. Average meal with a soda or a water. That's why the chicken buckets are, are the king of food. You're Yankee saying Stadium. best bang for your buck. Dude, 20 bucks if you pay with your master. I'm shilling for the Yankees here. 20 bucks, you pay with your MasterCard, you get a free liter of fucking Pepsi. Boom, you're feeding two people. Absolutely. It's not the dude, it's not the greatest chicken fingers in the world. It's not the greatest french fries in the world, but you want to go to a Yankee game, you want to feed two people for 20 bucks. Hey man, you, you can't go. beat that. So now so now take into now let's just think about all that. So that's that's cut our games we go to down significantly. Now we're talking about a season where only 10%, at least as of right now, 10% of the fans are are going to be able to purchase a ticket. How much are those tickets going to be? Right. So this is what I'm trying to say. The Yankees aren't raising ticket prices. So but what parts of the stadium are they going to open up? Are they only opening up legend seats where the tickets are fucking $1,500? I would hope. I would not think so. Right. I agree. My son wants to know when we're going to be done because he's dying to go to bed. Okay, this is a question you asked me on air? Yes, I'm asking you right on air. I'm going to be know, transparent. 20, 25 minutes maybe? Okay. We st- <laughs> I'll let him know. Thank you. We know that the, a four-year-old actually controls. A four-year-old controls me. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. So let's, if your four-year-old is, is running shit here, let's move off of uh, Yankee Stadium here and on to... Uh, I guess I don't know. I ran down a couple of things at the beginning of the show. I think we I might have forgotten about one of them, but we definitely have to get to this. Um, so we know Garrett Cole is the ace of the staff. I think that's un, that's undisputed, right? I don't have to argue it's, that point. If anyone's disputing that, they are they are just completely lost. All right. Speaking of, I just want to bring this up real quick, right? A competing entity. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, put out a tweet earlier this week, and they listed about four or five Yankees, and they said, we have never heard... These four or five Yankees are immune from slander on Twitter, and one of them was Garrett Cole. And I'm saying to myself, do you guys live under a fucking rock? Did you not watch last year when he had a couple decent starts? <laughs> Garrett Cole is immune from slander? No, he, he's not. He should be. He sh- Right at... <laughs> In 2020, he should have been, but yeah. he wasn't. Yeah. So, I mean, com- just, just you know, and people want to say things about us, but we, I think, I think we are in the pulse of the people. Yes. I think, you know, and, and it's not always a, a good thing. It's not always, you know, positive, but I think more than a lot of other people, competing entities will use that term i think we are in tune with especially on social media because they're the ones you're going to interact with the most and what's going on in um on sports talk radio i think we're in tune with what the fans are thinking more than a lot of other people are because i don't think we live in our own bubble i try to live outside of the bubble and that's why a lot of what this show is is you know a lot of stuff is we're going to take from what we're talking about on social media because these are the topics and these are the things that people want to talk about so no garrett cole was not immune from slander last year i nearly had a heart attack defending the guy because there was people trying to run the dude out of town in in august which was ridiculous but i think we can all confidently say 
Garrett Cole is the ace of his team, right? I would, I would really, really hope so. I would really hope. Again, if you're debating that, you're not even worth talking to because you clearly are just lost. So if that, that's just not a debatable thing, in my opinion. So what we need to debate is who's going to step up and be the number two behind Garrett Cole. And we have quite a few guys who can do it. I think for, I think the first guy we need to knock off the list is Luis Severino. Can he do it in, in October? That remains to be seen. But right now, he's not the guy. No. Right? No. And, and you know what? You're okay with that. Again, if, if Kluber or Tyon can, can show up and fill those shoes, fill, fill that void and, and, and put themselves in that role and be successful, you're okay with saying to yourself, okay, Severino's not going to be back for a while. As long as he comes back when he does and he's healthy, that's still okay for the Yankees at, at that point. But somebody needs to step up and be a number two during. I, I know we're all looking at the postseason, which rightfully so. I think, and we talked about this a bunch of times. I still think no matter what, the Yankees are going to the playoffs this year. I want, I want to be at the top of the American League. Though. I do too, but I think even if we're looking at another, and I, think positively, think positively, Christian. You said it earlier in the show, but. You know, let's say that we can't think positively because the same shit keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still think they're going to the postseason this year. Yes. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's can, one good thing we could say as Yankee fans over the last couple of years is like no matter what happens, this team's built really on on every level with the depth they have to at least make the postseason. That's gonna happen. If it doesn't happen, that's a complete catastrophe. Right. So I think we can we can say that this team's going to postseason. So you're really looking for a guy to step up and be a number two in October. But I also think that they need a they need another guy they can count on for the for the previous six months for, through April through September. Yeah, and can you I know say Cole's this? Be, yeah. Uh, let me just say this on just a on a mental level. I said you can say it, so fucking say it already. On a mental level, I mean, think say about it. think about all the dominant Yankees. Are you going to say it or not? I'm saying it right now. <laughs> Think about all the dominant Yankee teams through the late 90s, even 2009. What did they have? They had swag. This team had a, had a confidence about them that no one's fucking with us. I don't care where we have to play, how many games we're behind. We're going to come back, and we're going to fucking beat you. I, we don't care, it, Seattle, that you have the most wins in, in regular season history. We're going to fucking shut you down, and we're going to win a World Series or, or win a pennant and whatever, right? Those were the Yankees. Those were the teams that won. And yeah, it's all great that if no one steps up behind Cole, that they can still make the postseason. But how much better is it if you can go into the postseason with that confidence and swag that like, holy shit, dude, we got fucking Garrett Cole, then Kluber after the year he had, and Seve came back strong and Tyon really stepped up. That makes a huge fucking difference, man. I want to see that. I want to be confident in this team. I don't want to. I don't want to be going into October anymore and going, yeah, they could do it. I want to say they're the fucking team to beat, and that's how it should be this year. That's right. the you least want, it should right. be. I yes, I absolutely agree. You want to go into October knowing that games one and two are fucking wins, and that the and that the teams you're playing are fucking scared of you. They're not throwing some Uber driver out there to to try and beat you. You want to know they're right? scared of you. Garrett Cole walks on the mound. 
W. You got an anticipated W every time that man steps foot on the mound. Win, win every single time. Right? Now, who is going to be the next guy up that we don't have to do game two in the DS again in 2021? Mm-hmm. Who is the next guy up? Now, we said it's not going to be Seve right now, right? Right. Let's just take the... I know I keep going back to the postseason. Let's just take that out take that out of the equation right now because you like, we keep yeah. saying we need somebody to step up and be that guy also this way it gives you the confidence going yep. into october that garrett cole's got robin right batman has robin who's robin who is this guy who is he is he on the team right now i sir i would i really hope that he is he has to be i don't want look we all keep, you know, stack. If SGR was here right now, he'd say, "Well, we can go on and get Max Scherzer trade deadline." Great, and maybe that's the case. But you know what, Chris? I don't want to go and get Max Scherzer at the trade deadline. You want to know why? Because I want the answers on this team already. I want to head into July up twelve games in a division with with Garrett Cole and at least two other guys balling out every time that they they take the mound. Where you're like, "Wow, dude! I didn't think the Yankees had." Two starters, they got fucking three now. And Sevy's coming back in a couple of weeks. That's, That's what you want. You don't want to be you don't want to be heading into the trade deadline looking for answers. You don't. I'm sorry. You would it's nice if there if you have to go and get them and Cashman's willing to do it this year, but you don't want to go into the that part of the season needing questions answered. Not only do you not want to do it on a on a strategic level where that means that your team is kind of limping into the into the postseason and into the trade deadline, but you also just don't want to rely on that because we've seen the the pushback from teams who have guys available. I mean, we talked about it for the last two three weeks. Who knows what it would take to even get a rental at a Max Scherzer just because of the spite that these other GMs you know put towards the Yankees have a, have against the Yankees. So you don't want to rely on that. Nothing's a given when it comes to trades with the Yankees at this point. I agree. So who is the answer on this team? We're going to look at, I'm going to go to Jordan Montgomery. Is Jordan Montgomery the number two on this team? Unfortunately, no. But I like Monty, but he's a back into the start. He's back in the rotation. He's a very team. strong, uh, I'll say this. When you look at back end of the rotation guys, he is a very strong guy to have back there. Jordan Montgomery earned. I always liked Monty. You hate Monty for some reason. I don't. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Monty. He he earned my respect in Game Four of the Division Series this past season. Absolutely, the guy was basically discarded like, like a fucking uh, Big Mac wrapper. Yes, and the Yankees put him on the mound with their season on the line. And you know what he did? He dropped his balls on the fucking mound and said, "We're playing tomorrow." I'm handing the ball off to the guy I need to hand the ball off tomorrow, and, and, and they I'll won. leave it to you. And they won, so I got a lot of respect for Monty. I got I got a spot on this team for Monty, absolutely. But I don't think Monty's the guy that I'm going to feel 100 percent confident in sticking behind. Well, no, Garrett because Cole. you can you can still say this even after all that and all the respect we have for Monty after that game. Is he expendable? Yeah, I guess. Right. So at that point, that's not a guy who you're looking to 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 step up as as your number two guy that Garrett. Garrett Cole's handing the ball off to. All right. What about Davey Garcia? Is he your number two right now? Not right now. Davey Garcia is twenty twenty one. Is Davey Garcia the number two star? No, Davey Garcia is the equivalent to a really good young team that has a lot of talent, 
but just isn't ready yet to to come to fruition and win a World Series. He's the equivalent to that. This kid's going to be special. I really believe that, but he's not there yet. It's going to take him another year or so of a full season for him to get there. If he's ever going to, he is absolutely not your guy. I'm in agreement. I don't think he's the guy that you lean on right now. I expect a lot out of him this year, though. Uh, this is yeah. Not look, those- maybe not leaning on him is going to result in this kid friggin' opening our eyes to just how good he is. Chris, we can't be looking at him in July when he's pitching to like a five ten ERA. No. That can't happen. No. No, he's I'm not a, saying he's got to be an ace. He's got to we're not even I'm not even telling you he's going to be the number 2. Give me give me low fours, high threes. Show me the stuff. Show me the that I can t- tell you that you're going to be my number 2 in, in 2 or 3 years. Show me that. Show me the promise. Yeah. Garcia is the exception where we've said so many times like the Yankees have let's just take CC Sabathia or Jay Happ. Right? Sorry for bringing up his name. But when we've gone into these seasons saying... There's going to be a rule. When we're all together next... Uh, anyone who says it gets fucking popped right in the face. No, we're going to have a fine system. Anybody that mentions his name, I don't know how we're going to do it if we can set up like a Venmo account, but you have to put $5 okay. in a Venmo account. Deal. Um, when we go into those seasons and we always say like, look, if you're relying on him as a fifth starter, give me a 4-8 ERA, whatever... Davey Garcia is the exception here. He's gonna he could be your fifth guy, but you need to see production out of him. You need to see more than just glimpses of excellence out of him. You need to see a guy who is confident enough and and consistent enough that you that you know you're gonna be relying on him to to fill bigger shoes in the near future. And that's gonna be a huge di- diff- dynamic that Fans don't even realize if this guy can step up this year and be half the player he's going to be, having him at the back of this rotation is going to really just change the 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 way this team wins throughout the year. Okay, so now we're down to two. And I think they're, they might be interchangeable, but it's going to come down to this. Tyon? These are the two big, two big acquisitions this year: Jamison Tyon, Corey Kluber. One of those. So now we're looking at it. One of those guys needs to step up and play the, the role. Yeah, and if I'm the, and I think Yankees, it was fun, and I think it was fun to d- debate the other guys. But I think we all know that Brian Cashman brought both of those guys in here, hoping one of them will fill that role. All right, so you know how we talked about the Yankees pretty much have nine positions just locked up. There's really not much of a positional fight out there. And that could that could kind of not be a good thing, but you're at least confident enough in the Yankees, you know, one through nine that they, they really don't need the competition at this point internally. The, these guys are set for a reason. You're confident in them, whatever. But here's where I step up that competition. If I'm if I'm Brian Cashman, if I'm Aaron Boone, I'm sitting Kluber and Tyon down. I know they're both guys who are confident in their stuff, who are gamers. Uh, I tweeted something the other day that Tyon's really you didn't I didn't know this about him. He's a workhorse. In 2018, the guy had 32 starts. 21 of them he took into this. Uh, he pitched six or more, and 24 out of the 32 he was at least pitching into the sixth inning. That's something the Yankees need. And I know they're going to be, you know, safe with them at first, but 
He's got to prove that he could be that workhorse. I'm sitting both of these guys down. You got a guy in Tyon that says that and who is close with Garrett Cole. And you got a guy in Kluber who has a lot to fucking prove this year. And I'm who I'm sure wants to win a World Series. And you sit them down and you say, I need someone to step up as my number two. And it's it's both of your jobs right now to show me who that guy's gonna be. And make the bring pull their competitiveness out of one another and have them fucking compete. Have them compete against one another. Who's going to be my number two? Who's going to be able to sit there, whip his fucking dick out, and say, I'm the number two behind Garrett Cole? Both of them want it. Both of them want to prove that. So I pull that out of them as much as I can. And I use that as the same way you would use competition in, in depth in your in your regular you know defensive positions. I use that in my rotation because both of those guys want to be the number two. Both of them. They need to fight for that. And I think if you do that, you are going to have two guys who are neck and neck fighting for that position and just ultimately bringing this rotation through the roof. So remember a few weeks ago, I said, <clears throat> if we didn't have Dan on, the, the question of the week was going to be, if you had to choose between the two, who was going to be a beast and who was going to be a bust between Tyon and Kluber. Mm-hmm. And I answered that Kluber was going to be the beast. Yes. So I have to stick with that and say that I think he's going to be the guy that steps up and goes behind Garrett Cole. But there's just, I don't know if it's the fairy tale aspect of it or the hope or whatever. I just got a good, I have such a, I have a solid feeling about Jamison Tyon this year. There is, I cannot put my finger on it. And I think just thinking about it, I think it's really a lot to do with Garrett Cole and what he said about him. But there is something about Tyon I cannot put my finger on that I just see something special happening with this guy this year in this rotation. Right. I don't think that uh, it's not so much that Garrett Cole said it to get his friend on it. I think Garrett Cole wants to win. Garrett Cole didn't win a World Series with Houston. Dude, dude, Garrett Cole doesn't need friends in the locker room. Okay. If Garrett Cole's fucking stepping up for someone, it's because he knows the guy can fucking win. It's his boy, but he's not. But his friend might also be parking cars at an outback down in right. the, down in Texas or whatever right now. He's not going to be like, "Hey, Brian Cashman, I think this guy can give us a you know a couple of outs every uh, every other day here. Why don't we right. sign him up?" Right. So, yeah, it's his friend and everything. But I think Garrett Cole went to bat for this guy because he knows what's inside of this guy, and that if healthy, this guy's gonna be the fucking guy that the Yankees really need. One hundred. I don't think Garrett Cole's going out of his way to get his friends jobs, but I think Garrett Cole said, "Hey, you know what? There's an opportunity to get this guy here, and this is a guy I want to pitch with because I know what's inside of him, and if healthy, this is a guy that we can win titles with." So that's why I have a good feeling about Jameis and Tyon. But also, I really think that we know the elite level a pitcher Corey Kluber is. And if he's healthy and his career is on the line, which let's be fa- let's be it factual is. about it. It's, it is. If Corey Kluber goes out there injured and shits the, the bed this year, he's done. Done. He's done. He's got a, so if Corey Kluber, a lot riding. And, he, and he's got to be confident for taking that one-year deal. So that's why I like the Kluber deal. He's confident. So if I got to pick one of those two guys, Corey Kluber is, gonna be, is probably going to be the guy that steps up and be my number two. But I really think that at the end of the year, when the Yankees are holding that fucking that trophy up on the Zoom parade, 
uh, in November that Jamison Tyon won a lot of big fucking games for this team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's where I stand on that. And again, like I said, believe it and it will happen. And I'm going to go into this season thinking positively because this is, quote, our last off-season show because next time we record, spring training will already be underway. So now I'm bringing, I'm just going to bring the positivity in because that's what I want. I just want positive vibes around this team. Let's. That's just what I want. I want to win. I just want to win mm-hmm. right now. I agree. There's just no other. There's just nothing else to say. I just want to. I just want to win. It's gotta happen. So if Kluber and Tyon are the guys that Brian Cashman brought in to step up, then they're gonna fucking step it up. Then they're gonna do it. I agree. And you know what? We could be sitting here October 10th after the Yankees losing the DS after four fucking games, screaming our heads off. Yeah. And you can say that I'm wrong, and that's perfectly fine. But as we sit here on February 13th, four days before the Yankees open camp, I'm going to think positively that this is going to happen this year. I agree. So you want to go to Twitter to wrap up the show? Let's do it. So the, uh, the question of the week was Yankees pitchers and catchers report to camp on February 17th. Out of all the starting pitchers currently on the roster, who do you think will step up and be the number two behind Garrett Cole? You heard what we had to say, so let's let's take a few, um, few comments here. We'll just go down the line here, I guess. Uh, Don Sicario pops up first. Don Sicario. He says, so he says he won't be a number two, but I really believe Gumby will have a breakout season, almost like he did before the surgery. I hope Tyon could be that number two. Would be a dope comeback story. Hmm. I feel like I said I just feel really, really good about uh, Tyon for for that reason that we talked about. At Natty B underscore 92, I think it will be tie-on between joining the Yankees and reuniting with Garrett Cole. I think he's going to have a good comeback year and deliver a good season. I like the confidence of tie-on. Again, here we go. He survived getting hit by the bus, so this is another week that we, uh, we're going to read his comment here. At Medic968, Kluber, just because of his experience, pedigree, and motivation to prove himself, Tyon will surprise a lot of fans through, I think he means though there, uh, <laughs> and I think fans will eventually love the guy. And I pretty and i read it bait not because we feel like we owe him anything because he said we threw him under the bus but (laughs) because i really agree with what he said here that kluber because of the elite level pitcher that he was and that i just said i think tyon's gonna win a lot of big games for this team this year i i don't think he you know what fuck james paxton how about that how about that (laughs) fuck him um let's go i want to read two more here Okay, what 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 did I say? What did I say when I read uh read of all the starting pitchers on what roster? The active roster, right? So here's uh Camilio Jeff, right? Okay, you 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 always always got to find one of them. Trevor Story and John Gray for for Kluber <laughs> uh, uh for Glaber and Debbie Garcia. Mm. Plug John Gray in as the number two starter. There you go, solid. Okay. Thank solid, you, solid, bro. No, we love you, again, bro. Thanks for thanks for engaging. Right. We love okay. you. Yeah. Okay. But you stupid. All right. So again, you know, 
what do you want to blame it on? COVID fog? COVID fog. Because here we go. Here is the last <laughs> comment we're going to read today. And you got to give me a second to dig it up because it's, it's fucking masterful. Is it COVID uh, foggy? Oh, it's definitely COVID foggy. Okay. Uh, at Robin621K. Asking this question equates to when COVID will be over. Answer, nobody can answer that question. Hmm. What the fuck does, does COVID mean? have to do with who's going to step up and be the Yankees' number two star? Maybe can they somebody- don't know. Maybe they live under a rock. And they don't they don't have internet or TV or anything like that. And they don't know that the season is starting on time and they're playing 162 games. Maybe they don't know that. <sighs> I just I just don't know. I just don't know, Chris. What what goes through people's minds when they um when they when they when they type stuff like that? Like it's the COVID fog, man. I you think so? I have, I have it one hundred percent. All right, so we'll end with a with a more positive one. At Darren Rosengar one, I think Tyon will step up. Honestly, I don't know why. It's just a feeling. So you see, a lot of fans just have a feeling about Jamison Tyon this year. Yeah, and I'm going to say this. I'll I'll end with this between the two of them. I have all the confidence in the world in Tyon, and I and I like we said. There's something about this kid. There's something about getting him here. I just have all the optimism in the world, but for some reason my mind is not letting me choose him over Kluber. I just see Kluber showing up and dominating really just beyond expectation for some reason, but I think they're both going to be neck and neck. I really do. I think that's how good both of them are going to be. And let's fucking pray that I'm right about that. All right. Positive thoughts. Think it and it will happen. Think it and it will happen. All right, so thank you for listening to episode 214 of the NYYST podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. If I gave a something in the rundown earlier that I missed, uh, when I listen back to the show on Monday, I'll jot it down and we'll get to it next week. Uh, it's here, guys. Let's do we're, it. We're, we're here. Uh, we can put 2020 behind us and just look forward to 2021. We know the question marks are there. But, I again, as I implore you, as I did earlier in the show, let's just think fucking positively this year. Let's do it. That's it. All right, so thank you for listening. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.